Well, good morning, church. I don't know if you noticed, but um, Cam actually reset the timer halfway through because I was like, give them some extra time, Cam. Give them extra time. So you actually had six minutes of family investment time. I'm sure you noticed the difference in your depth of conversation and your breadth of networking. So happy for us. Any conversation, of course, can be continued after the service. Um, For those who don't know me, my name is Rihanna. Everyone calls me Ree, so please feel welcome. I do feel like I'm, like, forcing my own nickname on people, but, like, I just don't want you to feel like you're the only one who calls me Rihanna. Um, I am very privileged to be a part of our leadership team here and also our teaching team, as it happens. And I am, I think, the second sermon into our new teaching series. So last week we did the kind of, like, um, testimony panel with um, four amazing men in our church, and they um, really showed how they keep their faith strong amidst the challenges of fatherhood, which was just, like, so awesome. I think that for the rest of the day and, like, the few days after, Jack and I, like, just kept referring to things that those guys said, all, all of which we... Um, we love and we revere and we have got so much wisdom from them in our own walk. Um, and so the series is called What Makes Our Faith Strong. And so this is coming straight off the back, if you weren't here, of our last teaching series, which was called Faith Under Fire. And there were so many people amongst our congregation who were like, hey, this this series has been so timely for me because we are going through it. And so if you think that you're the only one in the house today who's going through it, oh no, it's just like we like summoned this prophetic um, series for everyone to be going under something that puts their faith under fire. And so we all be struggling, we're going through it, hard times all around. But we really wanted to just make sure that um, the series that we did that backed onto that was just like something really practical to equip people to like continue through those seasons and hold on to their faith and cling to God through times that are not necessarily easy or palatable, um, but they're just like the hard times and the real reality of life. And so we've just like, we had a meeting with our teaching team and we came up with this idea that it is like a hybrid of um, testimony and our own experiences and um like our life verses or things that have like really helped us get through hard time in our own faith. And the meeting was actually just like so wonderful. I'm, I often feel like a bit like nervous or inadequate in those meetings because like fear, but um, it was just like the most like beautiful conversation. And we all kind of went round and talked about verses that have really helped us through hard things and how that might be an encouragement to our congregation. But it, it just made me think of like the... Um, the passage in Ephesians 6 that tells us to be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power by putting on the armour of God. And then it goes on to describe the armour, which is like in the very nature of armour, super like defensive. So it's like a breastplate and a shield and a belt, whatever that does, a helmet. Um, And then except in verse 17, it goes on to like mention the only offensive part of that armour and it says that it is the sword of the Spirit that is the Word of God. And that's what it felt like in that room that we were all kind of sitting there um, sharing like people from different backgrounds, facing different things. Um, And we all kind of like had our weapon of choice and we got to share how we got to like face different things with that weapon. And um, during this series, I guess that that's like our real um, prayer for everyone, that we would be able to like I mean, I wish I had my hardcover Bible to hold up and prop, but like that you would be able to take the Word of God, you would be able to take weapons from His Word and be able to use it to kind of like 
get your way through this path. And when I was like writing that, I was like, okay, so I know exactly what I want to describe here, but I just like couldn't help but think of this like old meme of um, Ashley Olsen, who's one of the Olsen twins. And like, she is very rarely paparazzi, right? So like, you don't often see her. She doesn't do like, she's very aloof, only kind of seen outside her place of work and things like that. But then this like photo came out and she was like, so casually dressed in like effortless boho, all white, long hair, coffee in hand, and this huge machete in the other hand. And it was just like, what is she doing? And she's literally, look, that's her, just like cool as it, oh no, it's not even a coffee, it's like a whiskey. And she's just like macheting her way through like a daily drink. And I just feel like maybe that's what we all need to just like harness. So if you're a visual learner, let's not forget that the Word of God is indeed sharper than a two-edged sword. And so as we go into our day and as we go into this series, that's what we're taking with us. We're all taking the armour that we need to face um, the hard and the challenging and the ugly parts of life. And so... Um, let's pray and we'll get into it, I guess. Um, God, we are so thankful for your word that is alive and active and every word is God breathed and used for teaching and correcting and helping us, Lord. I pray that this morning your word would just come alive and your spirit would just be breathed through us, Lord, that um, like we sung before, that your Holy Spirit would be so welcome here and it wouldn't be Um, we wouldn't want more of you, but we would just want less of us and a greater awareness of you for you are already here, Lord. And I pray that your wonderful, beautiful, powerful name would cast out anything in our life that challenges to stand against it in first place, that challenges your sovereignty, um, your autonomy, Lord, and your great power in our life. I pray that we would just be really equipped during this series to face hard things and to live a really authentic life in love and be a force for good in Jesus' name. Amen. And so, like I said, in that meeting, we all kind of like said what our life verses were. And I was just like really thankful that just as it happened, it didn't like get back around to me because I was like, without context, maybe it would be a bit defamatory because the passage that I find to be like to hold what I would say is my life verse or something that I literally think of and use and even probably like say every single day is found in a story called The Dishonest Manager. And as somebody who is in the business game, I didn't want that to be defamatory to me or like, you know, um, discrediting to our business. But It's found in Luke 16 and it goes like this. It'll be on the screen if you want to follow. It says, Jesus told his disciples, there was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. And so he called him in and asked him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management because you cannot be my manager any longer. And so the manager said to himself, what shall I do now? My master is taking away my job. I'm not strong enough to dig and I'm ashamed to beg. I know what I'll do. I know what I'll do so that when I lose my job here, people will welcome me into their houses. And so he's like seeing a bit of a redemption plan. And so he called in each one of his old master's debtors and he asked the first, how much do you owe my master? And they said, 900 gallons of olive oil, he replied. So the manager told him, you know what, take your bill, sit down quickly and make it 450. Let's just get this deal out of the way. And then he asked the second, how much do you owe? He said, a thousand bushels of wheat, he replied. And so he told him, take your bill and make it 800. And then the master kind of saw him, you know, slash the prices of these bills so that he can make friends, he can get some like quick turnover and things like that. And um, he commended the dishonest manager because he acted shrewdly. 
For the people of this world, and this is Jesus talking, are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than other people of the light. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourself so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. And then he goes on to say, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. And this is like a difficult parable to understand because like, is Jesus praising the dishonest manager and like him being like kind of deceptive on both fronts? But I think that it's, um, I mean, always a good lesson to learn that through the scriptures, Jesus uses things that are what we would call like inherently bad to that like we're familiar with, like war and famine and murder and things like that and uses them to um, illustrate a point without necessarily praising the um, the act. And so I don't think he's praising a dishonest manager here, but I think that he is challenging us um, with like a really foundational lesson. And it's tucked in that verse 10 that says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. Whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. And so I feel like for us, um, living in the world, and I guess that is just kind of like Western culture without God, our culture places this huge emphasis on these like big moments of life. And it's almost like we've built this kind of like announcement culture where we just want to be like writing the big moments to big moments. Like you finished school, you got a degree, you got married, you had a baby, you got a promotion, like all of these like huge big things. And I feel like it's obviously like only heightened by social media that we like celebrate these big moments, but it's really responsible for um, rising levels of discontent, especially because like the visibility of other people's big wins are so easy to see. It's responsible for less sense of identity, less self-assurance, because as well as just like celebrating the big wins, miss really hard parts that are very valid in those times. You know, we celebrate someone having a baby without actually considering what that labour and um, birth actually looked like for the person. And we celebrate getting a promotion without looking at the hours sacrificed with someone's family. You know, it, it like discredits that those parts are actually really important and actually cost us something, but it also doesn't give any credit to those little special moments in between. Like, I feel like it's easy to be like, Steph, you're having a baby, go off girl. But like, that is like not the big part of what's happening right now. She's like feeling kicks. They're talking about names. They're preparing their house. All of these things are special moments that are so integral to the human experience. And being a teacher isn't just like rocking up nine till three, you get like 45 weeks of holiday or whatever. Like, (laughs) I'm just joking. I'm just joking, I couldn't do it. But what it actually is, like we see friends of ours go through it. It's hours of preparation. It's emails all the time. It's um, sacrificing your weekends to make sure that the kids will have the best. But it also discredits those times where you see your students learn a new skill or you see them be kind to someone else or you see them use a tool that you taught them five years ago or you see them actually like come to school and look forward to it as they're gaining a sense of identity. And those like small moments where they're, hard and challenging or whether they're like beautiful and joyful are so important and I think that maybe we can even do that with our own faith as well you know you get saved you get transformed you go to church 
every like couple of Sundays or whatever, and like eventually we'll go to heaven. And that might like be like it in the big moments, but we know our human experience tells us that like a life living with God is so much more than that. It's really hard sometimes and it really feels painful sometimes, but other times there's just these small moments that are just so beautiful and ministering and intimate. And I love that Jesus is backing this up here. And for me, this was like such a, an important part of my faith journey when I first became a Christian. And what that kind of looked like for me was relearning my whole value on what made me valuable. Was it that I was receiving accolade? Was it that I was at uni? Was it that I was working towards this? And I feel God really like whittled me down to a place that said, these small moments is where the value needs to be learned. It's not these like big things because you will be chasing a high that you can never ever catch. And so like God taught me in the most gracious way how to put um, emphasis on those small moments and enjoy life without like looking ahead or working up or being looking to the side and being discontent. And so like in a really practical sense, These are things that I like very specifically remember being challenged with in those small moments of my early faith. Does it matter that I put salted supreme roasted nuts through the self-serve checkout as unsalted peanuts to save like $10? To me before, no. But to God, yes, because it's a small moment, maybe unseen, maybe without consequence, but those small moments matter. Does it matter that if, I, if I'm kind to everyone at church and things like that, does it really matter that I'm like road raging on Lake Road straight after? Probably not, unless it was someone at church, right? But to God, those small moments matter. Fear. <laughs> and things that became like, you know, more of a conviction, the more I got comfortable with my accountability to God. And those things looked like, Um, relearning diet culture, relearning alcohol consumption, relearning social dynamics, all of these things that in the big doesn't really matter. But for God, those small moments, they're actually valuable in forming a foundation in a life of Christ. And so that I became a Christian eight years ago. And eight years on, I still use this every single day. So we run a business, shameless plug. And what does it mean? It means that if I make a coffee that I'm not 100%, oh, it's a coffee shop and also a lifestyle brand. Um, But if I make like a latte that I'm not 100% happy with, but the guy's on his phone, he's probably just going to like swig it and go, like so I could probably get away with it. Doesn't matter. Do I want my staff to remake it? Yes. Because even though that in the big scheme of things is so inconsequential, the things we do matter. That matters. We'll remake it. We pay every tax, we pay every single fee, we pay all of the things that come from the government where we could probably evade or minimise or dismiss a lot of them. But we don't don't want to talk a big game about running a business with integrity if in those moments that are unseen or socially acceptable or they become the cultural norms, we don't want to be dismissive of those in those small moments where we are only accountable to God. And then if I get a random urge to like message someone or go out and speak to someone or encourage someone, I do it because in these small moments, this is when I'm learning what the voice of God sounds like so that when something big from our perspective comes up, I will feel confident in acting in it. And so I think it's an important lesson to learn that the small everyday things you do are not actually small at all. 
They hold great significance. They hold great value. And what that might mean is that there's something that you do at work that feels meaningless, that feels thankless, that feels pointless, like you're never going to get accolade for it. Those moments matter. Or maybe if you're in the season of motherhood and it feels like, what am I doing? I'm just like washing all the time or I'm just like feeding all the time. I'm like, what else am I doing? No one's going to thank me for this. Those moments matter. Those little moments are not little moments at all. And maybe like a little message, like a little name on your mind. It's like, oh, I really should message that person. And then you find out like two weeks later that they were really going through something and a message could have really helped them. That could be your foundation for being, um, giving people prophetic words or words of encouragement. Those little moments can be your foundation to a life with Jesus. And I feel this scripture that shows us that those who can be trusted with little can be trusted with much shows that we're fulfilling our calling when we're being faithful in the small. And the motions you go through every day, the things you like lament because they're thankless, thankless jobs, they're not unseen. They're the formative steps in being trusted with much. And just like any other scripture, I think that this one gets like especially juicy when you flip it and you don't look at yourself as the main narrative through it, but you look at God. And this for me has been so helpful um, in having strong faith through different seasons. And that is not, not about me being trusted with little, but about a God and a God who can be trusted with little will be faithful with much. And so I think that um, we joke about, a tri- about the trivialities of like miscellaneous miracles. And we talk about it all the time. We talk about it at the cafe. We talk about like it in our own life. Jack and I, even last week, I don't want to like buy into the stigma or whatever, but we were like running very late to a wedding that we were just watching like the time on our maps just be like 15 minutes past when the ceremony started, not because of our own poor time management, but because there was an accident on the M1. Um, And we were watching it. The thing said arrival time 2.30, the wedding started at 2.15 and it was in the middle of Sydney and we were just like, oh my goodness, this is so stressful. It was like a drive of silence for three and a half hours to Sydney. And then we got there, we got a park literally right out the front in the middle of Sydney where there were just like no other parks around. And we thanked God for it because we joke about these like trivialities and we would be like, why would God care about something like so miscellaneous when there's literal starvation, there's injustice, there's war, there's all of these terrible things happening. And why would he care about something in a in a developed nation of somebody who is so privileged, so able-bodied, all of these things, why would he actually care about that? But for us to think that we have any perspective of God's capacity is, um, is so self-righteous. It is so mistaken. Ephesians 3, 18 to 19 in the Passion Translation talks of the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions, how deeply intimate and far-reaching is His love, how enduring and inclusive it is, endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Church, our perspective could never comprehend what is and isn't in God's capacity to care about. Our God is faithful with the smalls and He can be trusted with much. Like I shamelessly plugged before, our business's name is Wildflower. And the name of that is um, pulled from Luke 12. And it says, Consider how the wildflowers grow. 
They do not labour or spin. And yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed like one of these. And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So one thing that Jack and I have really resolved to do, especially in the last couple of years, is be really thankful for those small moments and actually call them out instead of dismissing them as coincidences or lucky accidents or just like, you know, good fortune or whatever. We speak it out and we say thank you. We said thank you when we got this miracle park. We say thank you when finally we can hire the right person. We say thank you that on a Tuesday morning when we're just about to run out of light milk, the delivery truck arrives right on time. We give thanks to those things. Because they're the things that we get to hold on to when things actually get hard. And we think if God cares so much about delivering from a Milko, He he will care about our medical situation. He will care about our family's salvation. He will care about things that we're facing that seem impossible. But for a God who would care about the smallest thing, like a wildflower growing where no one will see it, think of how much He will care for the big things. So when we face hard things, we have that same disposition that puts value on our own small moments, that if God would care so much about the wildflowers, about those tiny little things, about a park in the middle of Sydney at 2.32, by the way, we didn't miss the wedding. If God cares so much about those, then why wouldn't he show up for these big moments? And so the band can come up if they're willing and able. (laughs) And so if you're kind of sitting here being like, I am going through something big and I haven't seen God move in it yet and I was kind of like unsure if I can trust God to get through it with strong faith, let me offer you some weapons from the great armoury of the Word of God. If you've seen His faithfulness before in those small moments, like seeing the delivery of your child or like seeing the last avocado on the shelf at Woolworths, These tiny moments, let me offer you Psalm 77 as your weapon today. In the Passion Translation, it says, I could never forget all of your miracles, my God. As I remember all your wonders of old, I ponder all you've done, Lord, musing on all of your miracles. Let us not forget that He is a God who has been faithful in the past and He will be faithful for us today and tomorrow. Or if you're kind of there and you're aware of your own discontent and maybe you have been there lamenting those small thankless moments and you've been seeing everyone else's big moments on Instagram and great announcements on Facebook and you're feeling a real sense of lack in your own value. Or even if you've kind of been like complacent in your own everyday life and you have been compromising those um, moments of transparency or authenticity or um, integrity then take Zechariah 4.10 as your weapon this week. It says, Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. And finally, if you're at a place where it's hard to even trust God at all, let me quote Jesus' own words to you from Matthew 17, verse 20. He says, If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, Move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. And that's not because like small faith does big things because that's where small things grow into big things. And when you're faithful with those small prayers, with even just like the tiniest slight towards God with a broken heart, then you can trust that God would take that tiny thing and be faithful with the big things. 
he can be tra- he can be trusted in the huge things. He can be trusted in the small things. But ne- let's never just wait for the dark valleys or the high mountains. We are here and we are called to journey with Christ every single day in this worldly in this worldly life, in this environment, for whatever we face, in whatever community within we exist, in our family, in our circumstance. There is no one more valuable in those circumstances than you. And for you to discredit that is to be unfaithful with the small. And so let me pray with you as we worship a God who is so faithful in the small and so worth trusting in the big. And that is the name that... Um, rises above all things. It's the Father who gave His only Son that we could have a relationship this intimate, more intimate than anything on earth, more forgiving than anyone we could ever, ever meet, more redeeming than anything we could do ourselves. And just the one that is beautiful, wonderful and powerful, who gave His Holy Spirit so that we could live with Him, be comforted by Him and ministered to by Him all the days of our life. God, we are so thankful for You. We are thankful that You've given us value, that You have um, called us out by name. You have given us a purpose to fulfil, a path that lay ahead and the weapon to cut our way through, God. I pray that we would be strengthened by Your Word, that we would be inspired by Your Word. We would be able to take it and and just use it in our every single day, Lord. I pray that um, we would both be, uh, we would be, aware of the smallness of our own moments and also the smallness of your faithfulness and not discount these small beginnings, God. That we would be aware of our importance, but also your faithfulness. And as we endure really hard things, you would go with us, you would draw close to us, you would comfort us and help us. And Lord, that we would just be a people marked by our dependence on you, our unashamed dependence to call out on the name of Jesus to lean on your Holy Spirit, to be redeemed by your wonderful fatherhood and that we would be changed every time we call to your Word, Lord. We're so thankful for you and thankful for the plan that you have for each and every person, God. I commend a blessing on them in Jesus' Name that they would go forward with a purpose and be assured of your plan for their life, Lord. We love you. Amen. Amen. Amen.